once as a visitor, the second time you're a member, that's just how it works. We don't have a role to sign. The role's called up yonder, not down here. So you just, you, you just, you want to be a member, you just keep on coming and you're a member. We'll take you, amen. Love everybody. Thank you for being here, our pastor and Tracy, his family, and Ian and uh, Shane and Taylor. They're all visiting Brother Ed down in Florida, probably having a great time. So be in prayer for them. Thankful for our pastor. But I'm sure, I am positive that they would want us to tear the roof off of this place today. I know that they would want us to have church with or without them, so let's do that. Amen? In the name of Jesus. If you got your Bibles, open them, open your Bible up. We're going to do a lot of reading today, and I'm going to try to go as fast as I can. I hope I don't get tongue-tied, because I do that from time to time. If I do, just bear with me. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And I want to preach on this subject today. My praise is a weapon. Praise. Say that to your neighbor. Look over to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, my praise is a weapon. I'm, I may not... I may not be skilled in the art of fencing. I may not be skilled in the art of nunchucks, but my praise is a weapon. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20, starting out in verse number 1, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon came with them other besides the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be at Hastanar, is how I'm going to say that, which is in Gedi. Now I want to clarify real quick before we sit down that I, 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 it took me a minute in the wording of this scripture because it says, Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There come a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side. And I thought, what? What? So you're saying that there's a multitude coming from beyond the sea, but they're on this side. But what it's saying is there was a multitude beyond the sea, and now they're on this side. We are being invaded, and they're real close, is what this scripture is telling us. If you'll bow your head, Father, we thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your people that's gathered in this place. I thank you for your spirit. Lord, I pray that your word would go forth this day, Lord, and change us. Help us not only to be hearers, but to be doers of your word also, Lord. Change us from within to the outside that we might change our community, Lord. That we might see our family saved, God. That we be the embodiment of Jesus Christ on this planet. In the name of Jesus, amen. And you may be seated. After the news comes to Jehoshaphat, his reaction here in verse number 3 says, And Jehoshaphat feared, and set... Now this, this is important. This is important. It says, And Jehoshaphat... Listen to the response to the bad news brought to Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat feared, but here's the response, And set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now, in this time frame in Scripture here, we're in the time of the splintered nation. We're in the time in Israel where it's not just the people of God, but you've got Israel on one side and you've got the house of David, which is Judah, on the other side. Uh, this Jehoshaphat is the great, great, great grandson of King David. Um, he also he entered a little history that Jehoshaphat was a great king, but he entered into an ill-advised deal 
with Ahab, that, that hen-pecked husband of old Jezebel. He was a great king, but he made some poor choices. Um, uh, Moab and Ammon are invading. Uh, Moab and Ammon are the sons that were born to Lot. And you can get in your Bible and you can find that account for yourself and, and come to your own conclusion there. But uh, if you don't know, there was there's a little... Uh, 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 I don't know how to put it. It a little inappropriate relationship in today's eyes and in today's sight of how these this nation came about. But this is who is invading them. It is Ammon and it is Moab that is invading Israel. Not only is it Moab and it's Ammon that are invading Judah. I'm sorry, but. In Deuteronomy, as the children of Israel would cross into the promised land, God would tell Moses to dictate that you do not make war against the Moabites. You don't make war against the Moabites because they're your kinsmen. Yeah, the, 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 the issue back there was, was messed up, but don't forget, Israel, that this is your kinsmen. These are your folks. Uh, this was Lot. Lot was blessed because he was around faithful Abraham. Abraham was a faithful, faithful man. And because of that, God blessed him greatly. And, and I believe in my heart that, that Lot was blessed because he was close to Abraham. Because he, found, he, he, he followed his uncle around in the desert and in the wilderness. And his uncle was a very, it matters who your company is. It, it matters whose heels you're coming up on. It matters who you follow around in this life. Amen. Doesn't matter what we think of how it come to be. But God still blessed them. Moab and Ammon were, Ammon were not, were not uh, uh, out of promise. That they were gifted a, a portion of land as well. God gave them a portion of land. So this is what we have right here is a terrible, tumultuous time. If I said that correctly, if I didn't, forgive me. Time in the nation of Israel because not only do you have the Moabites and the Ammonites coming to invade Judah, but you've also got Israel that is not unified. You've got the splintered nation of Israel. And who are they coming to invade? They're coming to invade Judah. Judah's first mention is found in Genesis chapter 29, verse 35, talking of Leah. It says she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. Judah means praise. It literally, if you look up the definition of what the name Judah means, Judah literally means praise. It means praise with voice. It means praise with outstretched hands. Uh, hear this, it means to throw or to cast something. And scripture would tell us to cast all of our cares upon him, for he careth for you. The words, the different, uh, just a little, a little for you nerdy people in here like me, just a little difference in the wording here that, that Judah, uh, when used, or, or praise, I'm sorry, when used in, in context, it's Yoda, is how you would say it. Yoda in Hebrew means praise. But the name Judah is pronounced Yehuda. So it's Judah and Yehuda. I know, that, that's great. But every time they would say the name Judah, they were saying praise. Every time they would speak of this tribe of Israel, they would speak of praise. That's what his name meant. When pronouncing blessings over his children, Israel would say of Judah in Genesis chapter 49, verses 8 through 9, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. 
Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. That, that's, that, that's something. Don't miss that. He said, your praise, your name is praise, and your hand will be on the neck of your enemy. Danny, I don't know about you, but you put me up against a pretty big old fella, and if you let me get my hands on his neck, I'm pretty good off. So he's telling them here, he says, Judah, praise, your, in, your hand is going to be upon the neck of your enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. You're a lion's cub, Judah. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stoops down. He crouches as a lion, an old lion. And who shall rouse, who shall rouse him up? Who, who is brave enough to rouse up praise? There's very few enemies out there in this land that are brave enough and know enough about what they're doing to really rouse up praise if they knew what they was getting into. If they really understood how things in the atmosphere begin to change when God's people praise Him, He says, who is brave enough to rouse you up from your slumber? They're much better off to just leave you alone. Can I tell you that the enemy... If you've got a good grasp on praise, if you've got a good understanding, Brother Perry, of what takes place when you lift your hands in praise, if you have a good understanding of what takes place when you begin to speak out the name of the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace, the enemy would do well to leave you alone if you understand what happens in the heavenly when you begin to praise. And the children of Israel, this is Judges chapter 20 verse 18. A little background on Judah. The children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God. They're going to war. And said, which of us shall go first into battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go first. I need, I need five kids. Do we have any kids? Come on, Hadley. I need, come on, come on. Whobody else? Come on. Well, we got one, two, three, four. I need one more. Uno Moss. There we go. All right, so here, here's what's going on. In the positioning of, I want, I want you to get a visual. You're going to be Judah. Is that okay? Can you be Judah for me? So what, what we're going to have here is the positioning of Judah. And I hope she's tall enough that you can see, but I, it doesn't matter how big praise is. It's just praise. You, you may not think you're very good at it. You might not think you sound very good. I clap off beat, but it doesn't matter. You begin to praise. You begin to lift up your hands to the God who changes things. Amen. So you're Judah for me, honey. So here's, here's what happens. They're set in, in array for battle. And, and there was 12 of them, and, and we're just going to use this for now because I'm going to reposition them in a minute. And they go, they ask counsel of the Lord. Ask, say, who's going first? Who's going first? The, the, God says Judah. Judah's going first. Okay, so Judah comes, and you're the general. You're the leader of this outfit. Okay, you're appointed by God, and you're leading into battle. And, and they, they kept this throughout Scripture. Throughout Scripture, they would go to battle, and Judah would lead them. Praise would lead them into battle. But it doesn't stop here. It doesn't stop here, Brother Junior. When, when God, uh, I need you to do your best. You've already got a right angle. I need you to do your best impersonation of a building. Right, right out here in the middle. There you go. She, she's a building. Now face me. Face me. Now we're going to call this east. Just, just, just for the fun of things. I don't know which way this is, but, but for right now, this is east. Okay? Now God gave Moses a plan in the wilderness to build a tabernacle. And Danny, everything about it had a purpose. 
from, from the, the make of, of the post, what they would be made out of, what they would be overlain in, from the, 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 what the instruments inside were made out of to the, the type of fence, Andrew, that would be used. Everything in this tabernacle was according to God's plan. They did not deviate from the blueprint that God himself had given Moses. Thank you. She's still building. So when it come time, when it come time, as, as Moses and Aaron and the children of Israel would make their way through the wilderness, they would pack up this tabernacle. You don't have to move. They would pack up this tabernacle and they would move it. They would take it along with them. And when they come to a new place, they would set it up in the exact form and fashion that God told Moses to set it in in Exodus. It was God's own blueprint. And when he did this, we're, I, we're not going to get into the tribes, but what, what I want you to do is you're, just, you're going to be Dan for now, okay? And he told Dan, Dan, you're going to... Let's see here. North, south, east. North, right? So, Dan, you're going to camp. This, this, I'm just paraphrasing here, but Dan, you're going to camp in the north. Okay? Now, Dave, come over here. Dave's going to be uh, uh, Asher, right? Sure. So, Dave's going to camp here on the south. Okay? You're going to be Zebulun. You like that one? And we're, we're going to put you here in the west. You're going to camp in the west. Now, now you, honey, are still Judah, and he was specific. He said, I want you, you're going to camp right here. This is your, this is your tent, okay? That's your camp. That's where you have your campfires. That's where you roast your s'mores at. That's where your people are. Your family are camping right here. And why this matters, why this matters is because there was only one gate to get into the tabernacle. There, there was only one way. You, you didn't. He said, every man hath sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It didn't matter if you tried to approach from the south, from the east. It does, there was one way, one way into the tabernacle. And anybody, whobody ever wanted to enter into the tabernacle first had to come through praise. Had, had, to, had to make their way through praise. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Just a little bit of the positioning of where they would be, the position of Israel through, or I'm sorry, of Judah throughout the Bible. And Psalms 100, chapter 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Zach, we enter into the presence of God through thankfulness. We enter into the very presence of God through praise. There's no other way. There is no other way to get to the glory of God without first going through praise still today. Yeah, this is New Testament times. This is the dispensation of grace. But can I tell you that you'll never get to the glory of God unless you first humble yourselves. Unless you first humble yourself and go through the only way. And that way is through thanksgiving and praise. Through an uplifted heart to God. No flesh will glory in His presence. I don't get to glory my flesh in His presence. You don't get to glory your flesh in His presence. No man, no man, no woman gets to glory their own flesh in the presence of God. But you must go through praise. The news, so the news back to 2 Chronicles is brought to Jehoshaphat that they are being invaded. And we've seen that he had the correct response. Because his correct response, yeah, he feared, but he set himself to seek God. 
And I want to tell you today that I don't care what news comes your way. I don't care what situation you're facing. I don't care how bleak the circumstances and the outcome may look. You have got to set yourself to seek God. 2 Chronicles 20 and 4. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. That's a good idea. Even out of the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. Verse number 6 says, And said, O Lord, this is Jehoshaphat as he begins to pray. This is Jehoshaphat as he begins to react to this horrible news that he's just received. O Lord of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? Even the heathen are in your hands. Is there not in thy hand power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art thou not our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it, to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name. Saying if when evil cometh upon us as the sword of judgment or pestilence or famine. We stand before the house in thy presence for thy name is in this house. Don't you ever forget that his name is in this house. You don't just walk through the doors of a building when you come to city on a hill. But his, we are people, that we're buried in his name. We're, we're purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and his name is in the house. I've done lost my place now. Verse number 10. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came to the land, out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come cast us out of thy possession. Lord, they're trying to throw us out of your promised land, which thou hast given to us to inherit. You need to hold on to your inheritance. You, you need to hold on to your joy. You need to hold on to your peace. You need to hold on to your family. The territory that God has given you to occupy till He comes, don't trade it for anything. Else. Don't, don't, don't cast your pearl before the swine. Verse number 12, Our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do. Have you ever been in that place? I, I don't even know what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. That, my brothers and sisters, is the correct response. When you're at a loss of direction, when you're at a loss for which way to turn, but my eyes are set on you. And Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children. It matters that your children know what God has brought you out of. It matters that your children know that we don't serve a dead God. That we're not living by a dead book. But he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. 
Hallelujah. Your kids need to see you praise. Your kids need to know that you don't know which way to go. But your kids need to see that your eyes are fixed on Jesus. Then upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Je- this all matters, the son of, we're just going to call him Matt, a Levi, the son of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation and he began to say some stuff. And why does this matter? It matters because you're leaving a legacy behind you. You open up the book of Psalms and you're going to see that Asaph would begin to put pen to paper. When things weren't going his way, that Asaph was a praiser. That Asaph didn't, it didn't matter to him what was going on around him. But Asaph was a different type of man altogether. He made a choice. He made a choice that come what may. Come what may, it doesn't affect the choice that I made to live for God. So that's why it matters that Jehazel is a grandson of Asaph. Asaph, whatever you want to call him. And upon him came the Spirit of the Lord. And he said, Hearken you all Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you. And I would have you pay close attention to the word Lord. Pay really close attention in the Old Testament when you see capital L-O-R-D, all caps. Because it's different than just uppercase L, lowercase O-R-D. It's altogether different when you see capital L, all in caps. Because what's going on here is they are using the name of God. And the Jews did not take this lightly. And it meant more to them than sometimes it means to us. They didn't just use his name in vain. But they understood that when they called upon the capital L-O-R-D, that they were speaking of the one who had power to speak. Just the mere speaking of the word, creation had to bow. Just the mere speaking of his word, the universe has to bow to his command. All of nature, just by the spoken word, when the Lord speaks, everything stands to attention. That's why it matters. Pay attention when you see that word, capital L-O-R-D. It's altogether different. And he says, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. He tells him, he says, Jehoshaphat, the Lord has heard your prayer. The the Lord has heard the cry of the people of God has come before the throne of God. And this battle does not belong to you, but it belongs to the Lord. This battle and every battle, your past battles, battles to come, belong to the Lord. If you hear me loud and clear, if you are a blood-bought born again child of God then you belong to him you're in his possession and every battle no matter how big or how small belongs to him I don't even care Andrew if it's battles that come because we made poor choices in our past and now we're changed when he he takes ownership of you every battle belongs to the Lord when you make the choice to serve God 
when you make the choice to trade your life for His. You're trading beauty for ashes. You're trading the garment of heavy or the spirit of heaviness for the garment of praise. All in one word. In one word, that battle's not yours to fight anymore, Brother Tommy. In one word, you may have made your bed in the past, but you've got a God who said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. This battle belongs to the Lord. Verse 16 says, Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. That's what we'll say. Verse 17, you shall not need to fight this battle. There's a great multitude coming, Danny. But he said, you're not going to have to fight this battle. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. Can Can I tell you that wherever you're at today, that you can stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. For tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And again, the correct response. Again, we've got a congregation of people that are in awe when God begins to speak. Uh, Praise team, you wrecked me today. I'm glad I'm not one of those sissy men wearing eyeliner because I'd look correct today. Thank you for your praise. Thank you for being ready to lead us into worship. Because I'm still undone, Thomas, in the presence of God. I, I still remember, Jessica, where it is that he brought me from. But more than that... More than that, Brother Eric, I know where it is that he's taken me to. And the Levites and the children of the Korites and the children of the, yeah, let's keep going, stood stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. You hear that? When they stood up to praise, it was with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness. I'm not going to attempt that word either. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe in his prophets, so ye shall prosper. Believe ye in the Lord your God. Come what may, believe ye in the word of God. Know who he is. Brother Darren taught us this this past Wednesday. Know the word of God in your heart. Understand that it's for you. Know what the word says about you. Because there's coming an enemy that is going to try to bring up your past. Going to try to bring up your failures. Going to try to name you all kind of stuff. But know and believe that that word is for you. And when he had consulted the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness. It's battle time, Perry. He, he ought to be rallying the troops. They ought to be making sure, sure that their swords are sharpened. They, they ought to be accounting for all the shields and making sure that every warrior 
is arrayed in his battle attire. But that's not what Jehoshaphat is doing. As there's a great multitude of enemy encamped against him, he starts, uh, he, he starts appointing singers. And, and they're not just singing, but it says that they are praising the beauty of holiness. They're praising the plan of God in their life. Isaiah spoke of a highway called holiness in 35 and 9. And he said, no lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go therein. It shall not be found there but the redeemed. But the redeemed of the Lord shall walk in it. Because Jehoshaphat understood that he was a child of God. Jehoshaphat understood. They were praising the beauty of holiness. Because they understood that when I'm in it, you can't touch me. Nana, nana, boo, boo, you can't touch me. They they had found their way to the proverbial base. And and they just stood there, Zach. And they knew that if I'm in the will of God. He looked at Abraham and he said, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I I don't know about you, but if he's my shield, I'm not worried about it. As they went out before the army to slay or to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever and ever. And when they began to sing and praise, remember that. Remember that as they begin to sing and praise, the Lord sent ambush or set ambushments against the children of, of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which when they were come against Judah, they were smitten. Now listen here. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. They started infighting to utterly slay them and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir... Everyone helped destroy one another. This this great multitude that's encamped themselves against the people of God. All this infighting, Brother Kevin, just starts taking place. And before you know it, Judah looks out there and it's just, it's it's havoc out there. It's a a sight to behold out there. And ain't ain't nobody left. They ain't nobody left because they couldn't get unified with one another. And they started bickering and complaining. And they didn't have to lift a finger. But as they began to sing... As they begin to sing. Verse 23 for the children of... uh, Let's go 24. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked upon the multitude and behold, they were all dead bodies, fallen to the earth and none escaped. 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in the inhabitants both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels. And when they stripped them for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were there three days gathering the spoil. It was so much. What the enemy meant for evil, he turns for good. They got them some bling out of the deal. They got them some precious These guys were going back to their honeys in their tents and saying, baby, I've got you something. Where'd you get that from? Don't, don't worry about that. But check this sucker out. But we're looking like Flava Flav, bling hanging around their neck. Thinking that they're going to battle. Sister Alice, thinking that they're going to battle. But they had a leader in that place that knew that when I don't know which way to turn. When I know that I have no power against the enemy, my praise is a weapon. Can I tell you that your praise is a weapon? 
that your enemies drowned in. Your praise is a weapon that makes Jericho walls fall. Your praise is a weapon that shakes the very foundation of what the enemy meant for evil. Three days they were gathering the spoil because what the enemy means for evil, he turns it for good. And that applies to you. I don't know who you are in here, but that, that's from the Lord. That applies to you right now. Right now, that apply, what the enemy meant for evil, you watch, because he's turning it for right now in the heavenlies. He's turning it for good. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At every mention of promise shows God's faithfulness. Throughout scripture, throughout scripture, you'll read the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the reason you read that is because these were all men of promise. These were all men that had a word from the Lord spoken over their life. And come what may, they knew God was faithful. They knew that no matter that you read it, there's a lot of upturns and downturns in the Old Testament. Israel is, is up one day and down the next day. David was a king that the Bible would say is after God's own heart. But his moron son set up false gods in the kingdom. He said, that God told David, he said, and I know Solomon was wise. I know Solomon was wise, but Solomon is the one that set up the very idols in Israel. He's the one that built the altars to the false gods. Oh, how long, it didn't take very long for that to turn. And there's many ups and downs, but what you'll find, Dave, through it all, is that they're still his children. That bad decisions, poor decisions, bad kings, good kings, they're still the children of Israel. Can I tell you that every day the media speaks that name, they're speaking to the faithfulness of God. Throughout scripture you don't read just of the Jews, but you read of the children of Israel because it's linking them back to a man that had promise on his life. Dads, hear me good. It matters. It matters the life that you live. It matters the legacy you leave behind. I hope that 40 years, or God forbid that, I hope in 140 years that they're looking back and they're linking my family to the children of Sam and Brittany because we lived a life on this earth. And in a time when it wasn't popular to live this way, we made a choice to raise our children the way that we raise them. Aaron, we make a choice to raise our families the way that we choose to raise them because we're going with God. Because we know that He's faithful to His promise. Our children, your children in this place are children of promise. And every time that vile media speaks that name, every time the atheist speaks the name of Israel, they are speaking to the faithfulness of God. How much more should we, the sons and daughters of the king, be thankful for our faithful father? We're not Israel, but we're bone of his bone and we're flesh of his flesh. And I'm buried with him and I'm, right, I'm going to reign with Him. I'm going to rule with Him. One day I'm going to rise with Him. But right now we've got to live for Him. Right now we've got to make a choice. Make a decision to live for Him. Psalms 150, 1-6 says, Praise 
ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. If we were put on a scale and they were to weigh our praise, would we really be praising according to His excellent greatness? Look back over your life. Look back over your life and see the mighty acts that God has performed in your... Do you praise Him according to His mighty acts? I can't help it. I can't help it, Jason. But when I look back down the road, where the song says, Where I laid my heavy load, I thank Him for the victories He's won. Sometimes I get a thrill when I look back down the hill and I realize where He brought me from. You ought, to be pray, you, you ought to be motivated for praise. Every time we enter this house, we ought to be pumped and primed for praise. We've got a praise team that will lead us into the glory of God. But I can tell you we'll go further than that if everybody in this place walks through those doors in thanksgiving and praise. The way, the way Scripture teaches us to approach God. Thankful for what He's done. It works, church. Praise works. Danny, praise works. Andrew, you, you know when my life started turning around. You, I, I'm, not, I'm not finished yet. I'm not what God ultimately plans me to be. But thank God, Emily, that I'm not who I used to be. I, I was a wretch. I was a loser. I... I, I Time would fail me to sit here and tell on myself of things that I've done and places that I've been. But Jess, you know when my life started turning around is when I made the choice, Thomas, to be a praiser. My, my life turned around, Perry, when I made the cognitive decision that I don't care what everybody's doing or I don't need your permission to dance. I don't need your permission to raise my hands. I don't need a certain beat to lift my voice in praise. But my life began, hear me young people, my life began to turn around and turn right side up when God called me to be a praiser. When I begin to give in to that urge to lift up your hands, ye people. Clap your hands, all ye people. Lift up your voice to God with a shout of triumph. When, Brother, Brother Junior, I begin to follow that leading, my life, Zach, begin to look a whole lot different than what it used to be. Because I realized that it wasn't about me. I realized and I think the enemy did too that if I fell on Friday or Saturday that I was going to dance that much harder on Sunday. That I was going to praise that much more on Sunday. I think the enemy began to back off a little bit because of praise. It works. Acts 16, 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them and suddenly, you hear that? And suddenly, as they begin to pray and they begin to sing praises, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were loosed. An earthquake that makes handcuffs fall off. An earthquake that makes the shackles fall from your feet. 
And I can't help but just think if he took the shackles off my feet, that must mean he wants me to dance. That must mean that he wants me to run. That must mean that he wants me to jump. When they began to sing and praise the very foundation, the very foundation, Hunter, of what was holding them back began to tremble. Not, not just the prison doors. Not, not just the here and now thing that was holding them back from walking out in freedom, Jason. But the very foundation of the building, the thing that the enemy's tool was built upon, began to shake. Can I tell you that when you begin to pray and you in the midnight hour, when things look the worst and you begin to pray and you begin to sing, that it's not just your here and now current situation that begins to change, but the very foundation of that thing. You want your lost family saved, sing and praise. Lock yourself away in a closet somewhere when nobody's looking and pray to God. Get in a vehicle alone when you don't have a praise team and lift up your hands and lift up one hand, please, and your voice to God. <laughs> Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. And it came to pass, and this is God speaking here. God speaking to Israel. And he says, and when, and it shall come to pass that when they make the long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the shout, of, or when you hear the sound of the trumpet, and all the people shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. You hear that? God's plan again for the walls crumbling. God's plan, again, for winning the battle for His people is through praise. When you hear the people unify together and shout unto God. Hebrews tells us in, ver in chapter 10, verse 30, it tells us that it was faith that brought these walls down. For by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after that they were compassed seven days. And when they began to sing, God sent ambushments. Going back to 2 Chronicles, Amanda. When they began to sing, the Lord sent... It matters where you're at right now. It matters that you lift up your voice to God. It matters that you lift up your hands to the King of Kings. Amen. Psalms chapter 3, David said, when, as he was fleeing from, from Absalom, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for you in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. David's response, he says, and I laid me down to sleep. And I awaken for the Lord sustain me. He says, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that encamp themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O God. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. And thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. 
You need to know that in your heart. In the midnight hour, you need to be able to say, Many there be that are encamped against me. Many there be that say, I have no help in God. But you're going to lay down and you're going to sleep because you know that Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're the glory and the lifter up of my head. Science has found a link. Musicians, you can come. Science has found a link between worship and mental health. And, and this, this is just out there. You, you can get on your little smartphone or whatever you got and, and fact check me. It's too much to deny. They found a link between worship and mental health. People like Science Daily, USA Today, too many universities to list, and even the AARP have articles that you can read diving into the topic and outright stating that people who attend worship regularly on a way more than average have better mental health. Less depression, less anxiety, better cardiovascular recovery, better medical recovery in general, and the list goes on and on. Why, they discuss, listing the reasons that might lead to so many studies coming to the same conclusions. I can tell you in just a few words, Sister Alice, I can, I can tell you, Dave, in, in just a few words why it is that there's less anxiety in the house of God. Because He fights our battles for us. I can, I can tell you outright why there's better cardiovascular recovery because we believe in the power of prayer. He inhabits the praise of His people. When you and I, and especially in a corporate setting, lift up our hands and our voice in praise, things happen in the heavenly that produce change in the here and now. We trade instantaneously beauty for ashes. Instantaneously, we receive the, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And it's all, Danny, because we simply choose to make a decision. That I, I simply, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you right now if you're in here. Make a choice to leave it all behind. Make, make a choice to follow Him and Him only. And once you've done that, make a choice that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to praise no matter what comes my way, I'm going to lift my hands in praise to the King of Kings. Because science has it right on this one. They call it, Brother Perry, a, a phenomenon. They, they, can't, they, they know it happens. They just don't understand why it happens. I want to tell you why it happens. Because this is how we fight our battles. Don't, be, don't sharpen your sword up and fight the battle on your own. Don't draw out your battle plan of how you're going to beat them this time and that time. Lift your hands in praise. Cast all your cares upon Him before He careth for you. As they sing, as, as they sing, I want to invite you to praise. I want to invite you to lift your hands in worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If, 
I'd love to have some, some men up here. I'd love to have a couple dads before the music even starts to just stand up and say, yeah, that's me. I'm making a choice. Dave, Hannah, I'm making a choice. I may, I, I'm going to live for God. Danny, I'm, 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 I'm making a choice. I'm not fighting the battle on my own. I'm going to do it through praise. Uh, tears in my eyes. I've made a choice. I'm going on. Heartache and pain. I'm, I'm going on. Uh, come what may, Junior, I've made a choice. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. You can false accuse me. You can scandalize my name. But I'm going on with Jesus just the same. Tears may fill my eyes, Kevin. Uh, but I'm going on. I might have pain in my body, Frankie, but I'm going on. Hallelujah. Now's your time. Come on.